Welcome to Marriage Mondays with the Kings. I'm Kenya. And I'm Shan. And, and we, we are, are the Kings. Kings. Happy Monday, everyone. We hope and pray that you all had an amazing day. You know, we like to start off our show saying that every week. We are going to let you know about our amazing sponsors of Marriage Mondays with the Kings. We have Hope, which is helping our patriots evolve. This is space for all veterans and their loved ones to come and feel like they're accepted and understood. Veterans around the globe suffer every day from a pain they cannot escape. Hope offers encouragement for those who are searching for a place to connect. Let us be a supportive resource as you travel along your journey. Hope is not for mental health services. For that, you will have to find a supportive mental health resource within your community or at your local Veteran Health Administration. For more information, please visit their website at HopeVeteranStrong.com. Then we have Christian Humor Forward slash Inspiration. This is a group that is designed to uplift, inspire, and bring humor to everyday life in a Christian way. If you are in a social media, please check them out simply by going to search them on Facebook at Christian Humor Forward slash Inspiration. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Prolific moves start here with Prolific Realty. Visit their website at www.prolificrealtors.com or call Alexis White at 254-702-5332. Now we're going to ask if you all are able to safely do so. Bow your heads with us as we go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you giving you all glory, honor, and praise, dear God. We are saying thank you for another day, dear God. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for breath in our body, dear God. Just coming to you just to give you praise, dear God. Thank you for keeping us in our right mind and just bringing us throughout this day, Lord. Dear God, we come before you right now, dear God, asking, dear God, for those who are going through right now, Heavenly Father, we ask, dear God, that you would just touch right now in the name of Jesus. We don't know, dear God, but you know, dear God, we ask that you would just heal and deliver and set free, dear God, those who are walking around in bondage, Heavenly Father. We ask that you would just help them not only in their physical bodies, but in their mental bodies, dear God, given that strength, dear God. Dear God, we are asking a special prayers for our leaders around the world, dear God. We ask that you would just you would keep them, dear God, that you would lead their minds, dear God. And not only that, but that they will fall to their knees and they will pray to you asking you what must they do to lead your people, dear God. Less of their flesh and more of you, dear God. Dear God, we are coming to you lifting up marriages, Heavenly Father. And we're asking that you will continue to remain in the midst, dear God. No matter what the world tries to bring their view, dear God, or how they try to display it, Heavenly Father, of how bad marriages can be, dear God, we ask that you would come in the midst of every marriage and that every married couple will allow you to come in to have your way, dear God, that there will be some healing and there will be deliverance in that as well. Dear God, we ask this special prayer for tonight's show, asking that you would allow Kenya and I to say that things that you see fit that your people need to hear, dear God. Not what Kenya and I would say out of flesh, dear God, but what you will say using us and through us. We ask a special prayer for the stations, dear God, that our voices are used on Heavenly Father. We ask that you would bless them, dear God, and everything that come forth in these stations, Heavenly Father that they will be pleasing unto your sight and your will and your way. We ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And our foundational scripture for the show is Matthew, the 19th chapter and the 6th verse. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, 
Let no one separate. And so our motto is helping to build stronger marriages, which lead to stronger families and stronger communities. And our disclaimer, views expressed on this show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This station holds no responsibility for the validity or accuracy of information on this show. Please keep in mind that although we are counseling professionals, the information shared on our show is for ministry educational purposes only. Also note that topics discussed are reflective of supporters who contact us desiring to have a deeper knowledge of these topics. No information is shared on our show based upon our counseling experiences. Topics are for the encouragement of marriages, families, and communities as God desires for us to minister. And today's topic, we are always, of course, uh, being that this is Marriage Mondays with the Kings talking about marriage, but today we're going to focus on prevention, not postvention. Once again, today's topic is marriage, prevention, not postvention. And so to kind of jump into it, um, one of the things, and it's kind of interesting, we were having a conversation with some friends over the weekend about how, if we be honest, and I want you all, if you will, those who are listening to keep an open mind, we are currently living in a society where individuals are no longer preparing. They are no longer preparing, but yet reacting. And so waiting until something bad happens and then reacting to it. And so some of the examples um, that we'll be honest and give, a lot of individuals are not going to premarital counseling, for example, um, but there are some generally negative reactions that happen when it comes to the things that you go through in your marriage, when it comes to getting a divorce. Even to the point that when individuals get a divorce, instead of going to therapy and getting the healing that you need, grieving your divorce in a proper way, processing your divorce in a proper way, individuals will continue to just kind of press on and not ensure that their mental, their physical, and their emotional is okay. You just press on, you pretend like nothing is wrong. You put a fake smile on your face, a fake mask on your face. I know I'm talking to someone right now and you continue on. Even in the single life, same thing applies. People are no longer taking the preventative measures to ensure that our lives will be the blessed, best blessed version that God has created for us. We react. Then we get mad. Then we start blaming others around us because things are not manifesting in our lives the way that we think that they should. Another good example I can use, and this can comply, apply to everyone, your health. So a lot of individuals is probably Kenya and I's age and older. If you look back over the years, right? Just look back, think about your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. You used to see them do simple things like sit in the sun. They would soak up the natural vitamin D. Um, a lot of the food they would grow in their own gardens and things of that nature. And, you know, uh, uh, fish, you know, they would go fishing and things. Nowadays, we don't operate in that area. Where we do is everything has to be fast, fast, fast. We're eating a lot of fast food. We are taking, ingesting more medications than they used to back in the day. And yes, to be honest, 
You did have grandma, great grandma and all of them that they had high blood pressure, diabetes and probably some of the things like that, but not to the levels of what we have it today. We can do all these unhealthy things and you can apply this to your singleness, married, you know, in your career, being in the church. We could do all these unhealthy things, press on and pretend like we are the happiest in the world, especially with social media. But then when it comes to the point of devastation, instead of us blaming ourselves because we did not seek God and say, okay, God, which way do you want me to go? Which way, how do you want me to be as a wife in my marriage? How do you want me to be on my job? How do you want me to operate in the community to be a blessing to others? How would you like for me to display myself in the church, in the church building? Okay. We do not do any of those things. We just go along to get along. And then we get mad when things go awry. We get mad at Kenyan Shan because they on this radio show and they telling the truth. And because it's something that I'm guilty of, I'd rather get mad and say it's Kenyan Shan's fault instead of actually placing the blame where the blame belong, which is an individual choice. You made the individual choice to operate in reacting instead of doing the things that you need to do to be preventative, to not end up in a place of where you are now. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one of the things we always like to do uh, when we use specific words uh, here on the show, we like to be able to break them down so people can definitely understand. When we talk about prevention, we're talking about actions that individuals and couples can take in reference to marriage uh, to wart off something in a relationship before it actually occurs. And then when you talk about postvention, postvention is often related to suicide and those things that happen after a person dies by suicide. But when we talk about from a marriage perspective, we can take it straight to divorce. And postvention can be those things that we try to do to help us deal with the trauma sometimes that we've had when we've gone through a divorce. Mm -hmm. So in order to really get the broader spectrum of this, let's jump over to the prevention side and then we'll uh, eventually move down more towards the postvention. Okay. See, when you think about preventing something, it's getting ahead of that thing before something actually comes out. Now, this is the thing that uh, I really want to be able to bring out. My wife was alluding to it earlier, premarital counseling. So you get a lot of individuals that don't want to go do premarital counseling, but that is a, porn, uh, a form of prevention. Mm -hmm. And what happens there in premarital counseling, it kind of helps you get ready to be married and you, you're kind of looking out for red flags and things that maybe you haven't taken care of before you say I do. Right. So that those things don't pop up later on and then start causing issues. Along with that, I believe not only is premarital counseling um, needed uh, for couples before they get married, sometimes you may have to go do some individual counseling mm -hmm. as well. Because sometimes we have things that have happened to us in our lives where they may be traumatic experiences or other things that have happened that if we don't take care of them at that point, it can bleed over into our relationship. And then what ends up happening is you're going off on your husband or your wife about something that ain't even their fault that they may not even known about. Right. But you've sat there and let that fester for so many years. 
And because now there was an infection in you, now that infection is spread into your relationship and is quickly heading towards separation and divorce. Mm -hmm. So when I think about premarital counseling and individual counseling, the word that comes to my mind is preparation. Mm. Preparation. See, this is the thing that really gets me about marriage. We take marriage very lightly. And we shouldn't. It should be held in high esteem and high regard. See, we get ready to take a trip. We will plan that whole trip out. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave the house on this day. We're taking this car. This is how much gas we're projected to use. We're going to be staying at this hotel. We're doing this, that, and other. But when we come to marriage, oftentimes we just jump in it and just say, hey, I'm just going to jump in and get my feet wet and see if I can swim from there. Right. And the biggest thing that I've always heard, and this is something that I didn't make up, is something that I've heard for years, is that we spend more time in preparation for the wedding than we do the actual marriage. Mm-hmm. We invest more in the wedding that one day, them, them couple of hours, than we do in the relationship. Right. So that goes to show you that people are all about putting their money and their time where they think things are most important. Mm -hmm. And so everybody wants that wedding day to look good. Everybody wants people to be able to see you looking good, walking down the aisle and see everything that you did. Can they can see how beautiful the wedding was? Well, why don't you take that same amount of time that invest in your marriage so everybody can see what a beautiful marriage you can have? Right, right. Because when you really break it down, there are so many people that spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on their wedding. And then they spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on a divorce a couple of years later. Come on. Come on, still in debt from the, the from wedding. the wedding. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn how to get our priorities straight. Now, I'm not saying that everybody out there needs to go to premarital individual counseling, mm-hmm. but it may be a good idea. Right. It may help you out. And as we go along, I will show you this preparation phase. It is, it's all about taking care of things early on so that if things arise, you're better able to handle it at that point than before things get out of control and then there's nothing that you can do. That is so true. And that's the thing, you know, it's so many different ways. Let me just say it like this. I'm just going to just cut to the chase. People invest in what it is that they actually desire, Mm -hmm. what they want to invest in. And so as Kenya was just talking and I'm thinking about prevention slash preparation and postvention, the thing that's in between is the maintenance. There has been so many times on this show where we share with individuals to the different things to do to maintain your marriage. And it's funny to me how you have individuals who can set up and make excuses all day and give all kind of reasons as to why they can't do a certain thing, but yet and still not willing to work together to do a thing. And so it's kind of funny. Again, as we were talking to some of our friends um, this past weekend, So my husband is uh, from the country. He is from the country. I'm from the country. He from the country country. Um, And the thing is where they are from, they like to ride horses. They like to um, uh, uh, like hunt. They like to fish. They like to, you know, shoot guns in the back. What else? Barbecue at the drop of a dime. Yes. All kind of things. Now I'm from the country. I'm not from the country country (laughs) like he is, but I'm from the country and we do some of those things. But a lot of the things that my husband 
is accustomed to growing up that he wanted to introduce me to, I was very resistant in the beginning. But then as he said, well, the reason why we do this is that blah, blah, blah. I bring all this up is because we merged our differences, if you will. Something that my husband is passionate about. Um, I didn't like it in the beginning, in the pre- but it's something that I actually like in the maintain. Why do I like it? Because my husband like it and we are one. And so what are the things we are so quick to say? Nope, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Baby, you bring up counseling and maybe y'all need to go see a counselor. It's a cuss word. You mm-hmm. hear me? People act like we come. Okay. So how do you, how you going to fix it then? Because what you've been doing is not working and what you currently doing is not working. Mm-hmm. So how you going to fix it? Are you going to end up in divorce and then get mad and say, this is the latest thing that's been going on that it just irritates my whole soul is when you have people that sit up and get mad at the friends around them for their marriage ending up in a divorce. But you set up and you are not the one as husband and wife to do the things that need to be done. You didn't do the preparation. You're not doing the maintenance, but then you get mad when it end up in a divorce. I don't get that. Yeah, that, that's good. And, and you know, for my perspective, you said a word there that I really wanted to key in on. You said the word merge. And what that reminds me of is that, you know, when we take trips or maybe you're just going somewhere on the highway, uh, there's road construction there. They have these signs uh, on the side of the road that say, hey, merge in 2,500 feet, 1,000 feet, whatever. And you always got those individuals that want to go all the way up to the front, then put their blinker on and then try to merge over with everybody else. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I tie this in with this prevention aspect? Uh, A lot of times you see that sign and you know the merge is coming. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. when the two are becoming one, that's when you're supposed to be merging. Right. You can't wait till you get all the way off in the marriage and decide you want to put your blinker on in and try to push everything together because then you got people piled in not wanting to let you get that's in. That's true. That's so true. So how does that work in that in that particular aspect? Now, we, we were married. But we never really looked at it as being two people becoming one. We kept living single separate lives in, mm, in a sense. And God. now when you want to pull those things together, you got the other person being resistant, not wanting to let you in because you waited too long. Mm. When you could have easily got over when it was time for you to. Wow. And then you would have still been able to maintain and go through. But now you got to wait for somebody to let you in. Mm, mm-hmm. So merging and prevention. Mm. Merging and prevention go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they tell you to merge way back there. It's because you don't want to have an accident. Mm-hmm. And too many of us won't merge our marriages the way that God intended. And so that accident ends up being divorced. Right. That accident ends up being adultery. That accident ends up being addicted to porn or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things we have to do along with premarital counseling and individual counseling, if that's what's needed for individuals, is we have to learn how to communicate better. Right. In other words, I'm going to say it that they used to tell us when we was kids, use your words. Yes. We want to sit up and hold a lot of stuff back. And because we're not talking about our feelings and our needs and the concerns that we have in a relationship, then things get all out of whack. Mm-hmm. Now, this is how you tie some of these, these first three things in, premarital counseling, individual counseling, and communication. Right. You put those three things together and that gives you less time as a couple for things to get worse. Mm. 
See, when we don't do some of those things, those problems are already there and they're just festering, waiting for a big explosion. But when you take care of some of those things ahead of time, that gives you less time for those things to get worse and get out of hand. Mm -hmm. It also gives you the less opportunity for hatred, resentment and hostility to set in. Mm -hmm. Think about it. You and your spouse had this little issue. You're not talking about it. You didn't get counseling for it or anything. You're just going along to get along. Right. Next thing you know, that thing done went from zero to 100 real quick. Mm -hmm. Now, when you start trying to jump in there and trying to fix it, hostility is already set in. I don't, you, it ain't nothing you can say to me right now to change my mind. I'm done with you. Right. I'm going to see a lawyer mm -hmm. because we didn't jump on it from that prevention aspect. Hmm. And then also, when you think about the different types of counseling and communication, it gives you the tools, as my wife said earlier, to maintain your marriage. Mm. And that's one thing that we all have to focus on a lot more. I think we've become a society where we're just going along day by day. We're all hustling and bustling 100 miles an hour, and we're forgetting to maintain our marriage. Mm -hmm. And our marriage is a lot like a car. And then sometimes that's what we treat our marriage like is just like a car. Right. We wait to where we're almost empty before we start trying to fill our marriage up. Mm -mm. We want to wait till we're knocking down stuff in, in the, in, in the, uh, house. We're having knockdown drag out fights. We're arguing. We're running out on each other. We're staying at other people's houses, uh, for the night to cool down and all this stuff instead of trying to maintain it. Right. Before you get empty. Because mm. if you ever ran out of gas and be stuck on the side of the road, that is a bad feeling. Right. If you ever knew that there was a knocking sound in your engine, oh, well, I'll get to it at the end of the week. And then you don't make it to the end of the week because that, that car breaks down on you. Then you realize, well, sir, if you would have took care of this earlier, it wouldn't have cost you twenty five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. That's what prevention is all about. Right. And so if we don't get it in our minds to start doing these prevention activities, the things we can do to help our relationships so that we can learn how to handle things when they do arise, it's going to get worse over time. And we know eventually it may lead down to separation, divorce, or even worse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's the thing. So let's talk about counseling real quick. Let, let's talk about it. I mean, obviously that's what we're going to do. That is what we do. So with that being said, counselors are not scary people. And getting counseling is not a, a, a scary thing to do. Um, this, what I would say we as individuals, especially if you have been raised up against going to seek help. See, that's a number one problem right there. So while for those of you who are uh, therapists and you offer premarital counseling or whatever the case may be, um, those of you who are individuals and you looking to get married or engaged or whatever, this is what I want you to ask yourself and your spouse. Are you one who uh, is, uh, is an individual who do not like to go and seek help? Because that's a problem in our health. That's a problem. You sitting up here and your whole foot is numb, but you won't go to the emergency room or you won't go to the doctor. And most people back in the day, you say, well, I don't have the money. I can't afford to go. Some of y'all don't have no excuses because your job offers a health care plan. Your job offers a health care plan for, um, for, for going to seek counseling and different things like that. But guess what? You won't go and do it. You know what I'm saying? And so the thing is with therapists is this, and then I'm going to bring it back around to God because God is the ultimate. Keep in mind when it comes to a therapist, the therapist do not have, as we said in the military, do not have a dog in this fight. Okay. The therapist 
If you go to see a therapist and they're taking sides, that's not the therapist for you. The therapist is a neutral party who going to tell you wife about you know, hey, if I will, if you don't mind me um, opening up and shit, can I share with you something that I'm observing? That's generally some of the verbiage that a therapist would use. A husband, when your wife does this, I when your wife says this, I notice that you do this, your body actions. Or wife, when your husband do this, I notice you roll your eyes. What is that about? Okay. And see, the thing is, we are so accustomed and let's just call a spade a spade. I said all the time to operating and being fake. That has become our new norm to where we operate to being fake to the sense that nobody wants to do the work and get to the truth. So the ultimate question that I would ask a single is God truly the head of your life. Number one. Number two, do you go and you seek God when times get hard or do you just treat God like a prostitute and that's the only time you seek him mm, do you good. seek him every morning when you wake up saying God God our father I thank you for waking me up in the light and that's not just to the singles that go to everybody because that's what a lot of married people do in their marriage you did not do the work in the prevention you jumped in it even when people told you, may, they may have said that, hey, you're not ready for this. Or, hey, maybe y'all slow down a little bit. Go get some premarital counseling. You did not do it because you thought you knew everything. Mm -hmm. Now, for individuals who had never been married before, such as myself, before I married my husband, I'd never been married before. I didn't know this was uncharted territory. And I ain't going to lie. I was resistant in a lot of areas because my biggest thing is I didn't want to mess up. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to be the best wife that I could, even though I didn't, I didn't have the tools. I didn't know the tools. I knew God. But a lot of marriages that suffering right now, God is nowhere in your marriage. You can lie all you want to. You can put it on social media and say, God bless, bless our marriage. And we da 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 da. We done made it to this many years of marriage. And the whole bottom line is you have been existing mm -hmm. this whole time. So the question that I'm going to ask you married individuals is how much longer are you going to fake it? Mm, that's good. Quit getting mad at your spouse because they not lining up and doing the things you think that they should do. And the bottom line, boo, is it may be you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing that, you know, we, we love doing here on the radio show is being very transparent mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about our topics. Right. Now, you may be sitting there asking your question, but they sitting up here talking about uh, premarital counseling, individual counseling and preparation. Uh, I wonder if they did it. Well, I'm just going to go out there and be honest with you. We didn't. That's why we went through all what we went through. Yeah, this and that's why we're talking to you about it now. <laughs> right. You know, we 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 didn't rush it, but in a sense, we did try to push it along a little quicker than what we probably should have, mm -hmm. given the circumstances that we were in at that particular time. Yeah. Now, I will say this. If we had went to premarital counseling, a lot of things probably could have came out earlier, and we wouldn't have had to dealt with them in the manner that we did in our relationship. Yes. So all that stuff I was talking about before, the knock down, drag out fights and breaking stuff and running out the house and calling people and all that stuff. Yeah, that was us. We did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we can't sit up here and talk to you about something that we ain't never did before because we were there. Right. So what we've learned is how to prevent and that's why our marriage has lasted going on 24 years now. Right. Now there's been a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns, but guess what? We maintain 
maintain the course. Right. And that's what it's all about. We're not saying that if you do premarital counseling or individual counseling and you learn how to communicate effective, that that's going to be the end all and solve all for all your problems. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're going into a marriage with two individuals, two imperfect people. Right. So it's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to say is you may be better to deal with them in a more effective manner if you were able to get these things in line. Now, the next thing that I want to bring you guys after we talked about the premarital counseling, individual counseling and and communication is this. When it comes to prevention, there has to be accountability. Mm -hmm. There has to be accountability. And when we talk about accountability, the definition is an obligation or a willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. Right. And mm-hmm. in a lot of relationships, nobody wants that accountability. Mm-hmm. They don't want to say, yeah, this is the reason why we're having this issue is because of me or because I did this, because I did that. It's easier to always point the, per- the, the finger at the other person. Right. But there has to be accountability. That's why the two become one. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be watching your back. You're supposed to be watching mine. If I do something wrong, you're my spouse. I shouldn't be trying to chop your head off when you tell me, look, baby, you said this the other day. And you know what? That didn't set well with me. What did you mean by that? Right. You know, you told me you would never do this, but then you turn around and did it. What is that about? Can we discuss this thing so that I know and get a better understanding of what's going on? But we don't want individuals to hold us accountable. Mm. The, the other thing that we have to do once that accountability sets in, you got to learn how to receive that accountability. If someone has done you wrong in your relationship, the other thing you got to start learning how to do is to impl- imply that uh forgiveness in the relationship. Right. You got to learn how to forgive because if you don't forgive, how are you going to keep being able to move forward? Mm -hmm. But all too often, what we end up doing is trying to hold on to everything that a person has done because we haven't truly forgiven them. Now, there are some reasons for that. Sometimes we haven't communicated. That person hasn't taken accountability for what they've done. And until you do that, the same problem is going to keep coming up over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we have to do is make sure that once we do forgive that person, you, you, you keep moving forward. Right. We ain't got time to keep going back and going through the same stuff over and over again because we failed to truly forgive an individual. And a lot of times in relationships, that is the thing that really holds people back and say, well, yeah, I forgave you. But every time you get around your friends, you you bring that up. Well, yeah, uh, you remember that time you did this, this, that and other. And you're trying to embarrass that person to make them learn a lesson when really forgiveness, unforgiveness is taking over your heart. Right. And what we have to really get into the the I, the issue of you can't move forward if you're always looking back. Yeah. And one thing that I will tell you, when I was in high school, I ran track. And I ran some events that at my height, most people would think there's no way that you can run that. I ran hurdles, high hurdles. I was only about four, I mean, about five foot five, maybe five foot six running high hurdles. I was fairly good at it. But I remember in one track meet, I was worried about my competition because they were taller than I was. Mm-hmm. I had to jump extra hard to get over the hurdle. Well, they were almost just stepping over them. So when the uh, starter shot the gun out, I jumped out there and I had them, I mean, right off the bat. Mm. I jumped over that first hurdle and I looked back to try to see where they were at instead of focusing on what was before me. Mm. And the minute I did that, I found out what was before me. Right into that other hurdle, I ran hit the track, rolled a couple of times. Hey, the race was pretty much over at that point. Right. 
And what we have to get in the idea of doing is making sure that we're pressing forward towards a higher calling. Right. We're not looking at all those things that we used to do and what was said in the past and everything that we did. We got to focus on where God is moving us to because he can't move us to a place that we can't see if we're looking backwards. Mm. And what that will cause you to do is continue to stumble, fail and fall. And God wants you to know he wants you to move forward. And it's okay to fall. Understand this. As long as you're falling forward. Right. Quit falling back. Mm, mm, mm. Those are the things we have to be able uh, to understand. Now, I want to talk to the singles. And I know all this is geared towards married and singles. But sometimes the singles feel as though uh, we leave them out. Right. You are not excluded. Mm -hmm. You never get that point of being married if you ain't single. Mm. So Mm. sometimes what we have to understand is if we want to move into that marriage realm, some of our singleness has to go away. Yes, that's true. Yeah. One of the problems that is, is so prevalent in marriages today is the fact that we keep applying single privileges to marriage roles. Mm, mm, my God. Mm. See, mm. We, we say we want to be married, but we still run around acting like we single. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, well, hey, I'll be back. I see you when I see you. Well, wait, 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 what do you mean? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. I ain't got to tell you nothing. You ain't my mama. You ain't my daddy. Mm. But y'all are married. The two are trying to become one. Right. So right off the bat, there may be some trust issues right there. Mm-hmm. But if we had talked about that in premarital counseling, mm. it may have been something different. Right. You may find out that, you know, I'm not trying to get in your business yet. You have the right to go where you want to go, but I'm your husband. I'm your wife. I care about you. Right. You go from there. Mm. The other thing that we have to understand uh, when it comes to that prevention aspect we have to look out for those things that we call red flags. And I want to say a number of years ago, we did a show that was saying looking out for the red flags. Mm -hmm. Some of uh, individuals that are single, you're dating someone that is showing you all types of red flags. Right. And you're not paying attention to them. You're choosing to ignore them. Thinking it's going to get better once you get married. Mm -hmm. Lie from the pit to hell. True. You think just because if I don't say nothing now, when I say I do and put that ring on my finger, all this will get better. Usually it magnifies and gets worse. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important to communicate these things early on so that you don't have to argue about them and fuss and fight about them later on in your relationship. And as my wife was talking earlier, I'll just be honest. One of the things that we kind of argued about early on in our relationship is I wanted to have a gun in the house. Right. She wasn't about that. I knew how she grew up. I knew some of the uh, trauma she experienced because of uh, gun violence and things of that nature. And she was worried about the safety of our children. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling her, baby, I was raised up around guns. We had guns laying around the house like it was nothing. They'd be in a corner under a mattress. Not saying that was the right thing, but we we were taught as children, you don't touch that unless someone tells you to. Right. And so when I finally was able to get one, she saw the things that I put in place to keep us and our children safe. We've never had a problem with that. Not a one. Now, she shoots guns. All our kids shoot guns. Mm -hmm. And they know about gun safety. We keep our things locked up and stored in an appropriate manner because she understood we had guns back then. It wasn't about game banging or anything of that nature. That's how we put food on the table. And protection. And protection. Mm -hmm. And so we had to work with each other to understand. And then guess what we had to do? We had to meet in the middle. Right, right. Merge. We had to merge. (laughs) 
And mm, for a lot of relationships, we don't do that. It's either my way or the highway. Yes. It's like the husband and the wife don't want to give in. Yeah. And that's why I understand. I'm sitting up there like, listen, this is your whole spouse. Like your spouse should not be your enemy. And that I'm going to be honest with you. My husband had every intention, you know, to ensure that um, he proved that he could be trusted, that I could trust him. But because of my things from my past and my dysfunction and what I seen, and I didn't see a lot of positive marriages. I did not see that growing up. I seen, I want to say one that, and I mean the inner workings of that one. I'm not talking about you know, growing up in a church and yeah, I seen a lot of marriages where you had husbands and wives, but I'm talking about the actual, how you look like behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I, I was only access to one. And that was, you know, my grandparents' marriage, which was well over 50 something years before our grandfather passed away. And so the thing is, is how am I looking at you? Not willing to merge with your spouse is not that maintenance. And at, again, I just don't get it. We have the Bible as a bottom line guidance, a foundation, but we, even the children of the most high gods, the saints, the Christians, we will not use and apply those biblical principles to our own marriage, but then try to set up here and tell people in the church and all this stuff. No, that's called a hypocrite. And if I know nothing else about the conversations that Kenya and I have, because one of the common questions right now that's being asked of young adults who are maybe 27, 29, 30, 35, is why are you not getting married? Why will you not settle down? Why are you so focused on your career or whatever? The question that you should probably be thinking about, which is not any of your business, not even question number one, is what did that look like in the family home? That's the question. What was it? The examples that was around them, the uncles, the aunties and whatever, what did they marriage look like? So if it didn't look appealing, why would I even want to go down that road? Mm. I am fine doing what I'm doing until God say otherwise. So let me tell y'all this married people. What I'm going to need y'all to do, because you're not having maintenance in your marriage. A lot of you, God is not the true foundation I'm going to need you to get out of other people's business and mind your own business. Okay. I know, uh, what do they say is right? It's right, but it's real. You know what I'm saying? Mind your own business. Mind the business that pays you. Okay. Because we are so quick as a people to try to tell other people what it is that they should do that we are not doing. Mm. No, pre- no prevention. You ain't doing no type of maintenance on your marriage. None whatsoever. But you out here faking and make trying to make marriage look good. You out here being a hypocrite. You out here lying, saying that God is the head of your marriage. But this is my thing yet again. How is God the head of this mess that you trying to put a pretty bow on and make it seem like to the world that it's a positive thing? God is not the author of confusion. That is scripture. Okay. So before, if you're not applying godly biblical principles, you are not doing the things that it take to maintain your marriage. Cause what it take to maintain me and Kenya's marriage may not be the things that it take to maintain your marriage. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think is very interesting. You have married uh, individuals. You are quick to go and contact a lawyer, but not contact a counselor or 
ultimately seek God when it comes to your marriage. Mm. You going to God praying, God, I don't understand what's wrong with your child, which is your husband. You know, God, he's supposed to be a child of you. Why is he acting like this and treating me like this? The husband going to God saying the same thing about the wife, but not willing to accept the ultimate responsibility. But baby, maybe it's you. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to postvention and you still not handling that in a healthy uh, manner when your husband and your wife moved on because y'all done divorced they done moved on with somebody now you sitting up her mad because you don't understand how they marriage is working when y'all's didn't ain't nobody trying to talk to the kings on tonight yeah that's a good one okay mm -hmm. why they marriage working god well why is he able to treat her better than he treat me baby it was you okay that's probably what the problem was because not trying to not, I, I'm not trying to be shady or petty when I say this, but for those of you all who've been listening to the Kings for almost, you know, we're going on five and a half years right now. I am my husband's second wife. I did not know anything about marriage, but this is the thing. And this is what I want y'all to realize for those of you who are single before you commit yourself to a relationship, check the heart. Okay, what is that person's heart condition like? Quit ignoring, like Kenya just said, the red flags. All right, are they selfish? Um, are they greedy? Would they rob Peter to pay Paul? They finances out of whack. And while you checking their heart condition, check your own. All right, mm, that's good. Now, what I liked about my husband is once I stopped being ignorant, Shan, at once I stopped being ignorant. I looked at my husband's heart. I said, this man got a good heart. I recognized that when we were dating. This man got a good heart. This man does not operate like Shan do. You know what I'm saying? Kenya is going to try to reason with you. Shan just going to, you ask me and I'm just going to tell you 100 what it is. We ain't softening up nothing around her. But that's what Kenya and I recognize as each other. The problem is in your maintenance phase, how you trying to maintain in your marriage is wife. You trying to change your husband and husband. You trying to change your wife instead of loving them for who they are. Mm, that's good. That is good. And you know, while we're on this thing about prevention in, in your relationship, there was a uh, quote that was out there. It said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm. So if you do a little bit, of prevention, it may keep you from having to do a pound of the cure. Right. So uh, why I want to equate that to is taking medicine. Mm. See, maybe if you learn how to take a little bit of this and swallow this pill, somebody I'm talking to, hmm. swallow this pill, then maybe you ain't got to take a bunch of nasty medicine later on. Mm. But what we become accustomed to, I believe in, in relationships today, we don't want nobody to tell us nothing. Nope. We ain't willing to do the work. Nope. We're not willing to take the medicine. And because of that, when we end up sick, now we got to take more stuff than what we were normally having to take in order to clean up the infection or get rid of whatever it is that's making you sick. Mm. Now, in your relationship, you don't want to come up with the fact that maybe you hard-headed. You don't mm -hmm. want to listen to nobody. But then when your husband and your spouse walk out on you, then, now that's a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. See, when, when I was younger, uh, I got sick one time and my mom had to go get me this medication. And when I looked at it on the spoon, I'm like, no, uh-uh. Mm. I ain't doing that. Right. And she was like, boy, just hold your nose and swat. No, <laughs> it's not going to be good. I know medicine is nasty. And then when she put that amoxicillin, and I think that's what it was, it's mm -hmm. a pink... Uh, it had like a, I don't know, like a, 
uh, almost like a peppermint type taste to it. I was like, oh, wow, that's good. Mm-hmm. And so every time I see her, is it time to take some medicine? Is it time to take some medicine? You may find out if you taste the medicine and it's good for you, it helps prevent some things. You may want to keep taking some other stuff to ward off some things as well. Wow. But what we become accustomed to is 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 getting to the point where if it don't taste good to me, then I'm not going to taste it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take it in. Right. Because I'm not the one with the problem. I don't need the medicine. Somebody else do. Mm. But I remember we used to take medicine just for the heck of it to ward stuff off. One of those things was castor oil. Mm, The worst tasting thing I don't think I ever had in my mouth. But guess what? It was good for some things. Mm -hmm. When you got a little backed up, it opened you up. Right. right. And what's what's happening for a lot of marriages right now, you're constipated. Mm-hmm. You're constipated in your relationship because you got all this stuff blocking up the inside and it's keeping love from being able to pour out. Right. And some right. of us need to be able to take that medicine, let it get within our system so that it can flush all the bad stuff out. Mm. So one of the things I definitely wanted to go to here before we move on, we have to understand in order from a prevention standpoint, you got to put on any and everything that you can to help prevent um, divorce or anything that may hinder your relationship. Right. See, when soldiers get ready to go to war, they have what we used to call a basic load of ammunition. Mm-hmm. Uh, 210 rounds, 5.56 five, ammo. Right. You had to have your Kevlar, your LBE. You had to have your gas mask. You know, you had to have your mop suit that was ready available because if any type of attack came towards you, you had all the things that you needed to potentially survive. Mm-hmm. You had a flashlight. You had canteen. You had first aid pouch that was on you. They were all preventative measures. Right. And we go into war knowing that if we've got these things, we may stand a chance at surviving. Mm-hmm. So why do we not do the same thing with our relationships? Mm-hmm. Why do we not put on the whole armor of God when it comes to our relationships? Ephesians 6 and 13, it says, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground, having done everything to stand. Mm. See, when you put on the whole armor, it's hard for anything to penetrate. Right, right. But what what, what we want to do is just put on what we think is going to fit best for us in our situation at that particular mm, time. My God, you know, my God. Uh, when, when it comes down to putting on um, that godliness, no, we're only going to put it on when we go to church on Sunday. But through the rest Jesus. of the week, we go dress up like the devil. Come on, come on. We go mm. act like the devil. Mm, but my we got to put on the whole armor because when that whole armor is over you, it protects you at a greater level level. Yes. Mm, my God. It protects us at a greater level. Mm-hmm. And what we have to really get to that point of understanding is if we do some of those things from a prevention perspective, maybe the postvention stuff don't have to come up. Right. Maybe a lawyer doesn't have to get brought in. Mm. Maybe you don't have to see uh, the pastor for marital counseling. Maybe you don't have to see a marriage counselor. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't get traumatic experiences to get locked away deep inside of you. Right. Hmm. Maybe you don't have to move to another city because you're embarrassed that you got divorced because you worry about people saying, I told you so. Mm -hmm. Well, the kings are going to be like this. We ain't going to never say, I told you so. Yeah. We're going to always be a listening ear. We're going to be those individuals who want to give a helping hand. But guess what? You can help try to help a person all they want to until you want to help yourself. You may be stuck in the same boat over and over again. Mm -hmm. So once again, we have to be able to get to that point where we are operating in a proactive approach rather right. than reactive. That's true. 
Because when we're proactive, you get time to plan things out. You can see which way this might go. Well, this is what we're really trying to combat. These are the things that we're going to need. When you get into that reactive state, you don't think straight because you're trying to rush and do 100 things, 100 miles an hour to try to ward off something when pretty much it may have already been set in. Mm -hmm. Now, the last thing I say before I turn it back over uh, to my spouse is this. It's harder to heal from an infection when it's already spread throughout your whole body. Wow. How many times have you heard of an individual going to the hospital and they say, well, oh, if we would have caught this earlier. Mm. You know what? If we would have caught this when it was in the toe, we would have lost the leg. Mm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So if we would catch things early from a prevention standpoint in our marriage singles or while we're dating, then maybe those things don't arise and end up in divorce. Right. If we catch those things early after we get married, married individuals, maybe it doesn't get back down to that point where now we're separated and going towards divorce. Mm. And we're talking about each other like a dog. And guess who's sitting up looking at it all? The kids. Yep, that's true. So just like I said, that infection spreads throughout the whole body. That ain't just your body. Right. That's your family. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at it, statistics will show you that when one person in a family gets divorced, it may uh, jump down and that child may get that divorce. They may be leading back to that uh, last series that we did uh, talking about generational, generational curses. curses. Mm-hmm. See, you got to understand all this stuff is tied together. We got to learn how to put everything in the pot and learn how to deal with it. But what we want to do is like kids used to do. Well, I don't eat onions in this soup, so I'm going to dig this out. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody telling me about myself. I'm going to throw that part out. Right. Mm-hmm. But you may find out the onion may be the key ingredient to make it taste so good. My goodness. My goodness. And so this is the thing, too. Prevention, maintenance, and postvention. The question that I have for for everybody, but, you know, whether you're in single state, engaged, um, you know, married, even in the process of going through a divorce. My question is this. Who are you putting your faith in? Mm. This is something that just came to my mind. It just came to me as Kenya was speaking. It is so sad that we as a people, and no knock when I say this, to the to family lawyers, okay? No knock to you family lawyers. Y'all probably mad and ready to boycott, but you will be all right. But it is sad when we as a people put more faith in a family lawyer to get what we deserve, quote unquote, mm. what we deserve, then you do God and a therapist. Wow. Oh, my family lawyer that I'm paying all this money for is going to fight for me. You say it's too every, oh, it's too expensive to go to a therapist. How much you think it costs to do family law, especially if you have children, if you have businesses, if you have properties and different things like that, you think it's going to be free? See, God is free. All we have to do is go and pray and do a Matthew 6 and 33. Seek God first and everything we do. That is free 99. You hear me? It is free.com or whatever. You go to a therapist. Yeah, that's not going to be free, but I bet you it's not going to be as expensive as going to a lawyer. Cause guess what? The lawyer got to get his, his or her cut and this, that, and the other. And I've mm-hmm. seen, especially in certain areas now, come on now, we're near the big, biggest military installation in the world. Baby, them lawyers are going to get paid. You hear me? But that's the job. That's a job. So we can't get mad at them for doing what they are supposed to do. But how do you put more faith in a family lawyer for getting you what you feel you deserve than doing the work 
doing the prevention work. So that way you won't have to end up in divorce stage doing the maintenance work. So that way you don't have to end up in divorce stage. And then on top of that, you ain't broke in the end. Mm. Come on, somebody. Yeah, don't good. nobody want to talk about the real. Yeah. And in the last you know few minutes here, I want to be able to uh, throw out some uh, some Bible verses that will help you uh, in that preventive state. You have to understand that God is all about prevention mm-hmm. because he gave us a Bible, the basic instructions before leaving earth that Come tells on. us all this stuff is going to be coming. Mm-hmm. So we need to be prevention experts right. and applying these things in our relationships so that stuff doesn't stick its ugly head up. Mm-hmm. Now, in um, John 10 and 10, it says that the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. God's trying to tell you, you need to prevent that right now. He's telling you what he does. If he's right. telling you what he's going to do, you got to learn how to prepare against it. If you know he's coming to steal something, then guess what? You need to lock something up. Mm-hmm. If you know he's coming to kill you, then you need to be at arms so that you get ready to fight back. If he's trying to destroy something, you need to get to him before he destroys you. Wow. That, that's what prevention is all about. Then when you jump over the first Peter five and eight, it says, be sober minded and alert. That's mm. prevention. Wow. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What does a lion devour? I've said this a lot of times on the show. Animals in the wild don't jump up against the biggest, baddest thing that's out there. Mm -hmm. They look for an animal that has a weakness. So when you go into that prevention stage, you start to strengthen yourself. And maybe the enemy will turn around and say, oh, no, I can't mess with them because they're in that prevention. They're preparing for me. Mm. But if you just sit back and let them come get you, then guess what? The lion is doing his job and you can't get mad at him for that. When you present yourself to be in a weakened state, you can only see that the lion is going to come for you. So we have to be able to, to be on top of that. We also have to understand this. Ephesians 6 and 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Mm. So if God intended for marriage, the institution of marriage to be something that's great, you know, demonic forces don't want that to happen. So you got to prepare so that they don't try to come into your marriage. Right, right. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Mm-hmm. That's prevention. Just resist. Right. But right. all too often, we want to be enticed. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we welcome him right in, thinking that everything's going to be fine and hunky-dory. Then when he rears his ugly head and you lose your spouse uh, to divorce, then you're trying to wonder and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4 and 27 says, and give no opportunity to the devil, which means you got to be in preparation state all the time. Right. But we get comfortable in our relationships. See, when when she was walking around and she had the miniskirt and the heels on and all the guys was looking at you said, oh, man, I don't know how he pulled that one. Mm -hmm. See, then we let our guard down. Then all of a sudden that that line is still rolling around. Mm -hmm. See, the same way you got your spouse, you got to do those same things in order to be able to keep them. Right. But we get comfortable. We get complacent. And we think, well, I'm not going to do those prevention things anymore. You can ask my wife. When we get ready to roll out somewhere, I'm acting the same way I did back then (laughs) that I do now. Ain't nothing changed. True True to the game. Mm -hmm. Because I want her to understand that even though we went through three things in our relationship, even though we've been on that side of fussing and fighting and talking about divorce and all that stuff, the the love still ain't went nowhere. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. See, in order for you to have a great marriage, you're going to go through some things. That's true. You look at any person in the Bible, 
that we can read about, they went through some stuff. All these mighty men and women of God that were in the Bible, look at David. Look what he went through. Mm -hmm. Wasn't perfect, but he was a man after God's own heart. And that's what we're asking individuals to do. We're not telling you to look at prevention and, and, and doing the work as a, a way to say we want you to have a perfect marriage because there is no perfect marriage. Yeah. What we want you to see to understand is we want your marriage to last. Mm. We want you to be able to get the reward that God has for you so that you can pass that down from generation to generation. So that you get the blessings and not the curses. So that you have uh, cattle on a thousand hills. You're the head and not the tail. And you put the enemy underneath your feet. Yeah. But the world that we're living in today, we're quickly putting God to the side. And when we put him to the side, you're just inviting the enemy to come in. Mm -hmm. That's true. So if you don't suit up for a fight, you're leaving yourself open for a wound. A wound can lead to affection and an affection can lead to death. And we want our marriages to live and not die. That is so true. Oh my God. And so ask yourselves, um, depending on where you are, we highly encourage if you are single that you do the preventative measures. If you are engaged, so singles, yes, prepare, engage, do the preventative measures so that way you don't have to go down this road that a lot of married people are going down. Know what you are walking into, but know that the person that you are engaged to be married to is not perfect. That's what you need to know. Everybody has imperfections, okay? If you marry, you need to maintain even now, don't just go to a counselor when things are bad, bad. You can still go see a therapist for your marriage just to make sure you're maintaining in the proper way, just like you do with a doctor. Because guess what? You go to your six-month checkup, see your doctor. When it comes to them pearly, pretty white teeth in your mouth, you go see your dentist every six months. Mm -hmm. So why can't you do it when it comes to a therapist, all right? Yeah, and amen. That's, go that, ahead. No, that's good. And you know what that makes me uh, realize back to... Uh, my my business degree is that return on the investment. Yes. See, when we invest investment. money, you you expect to get a profit. Mm -hmm. So why not do the same thing in your relationship? Right. You're investing right. time. You're investing money and a lot of other things. Why not expect to get a return on that? Yes. I don't know about, I don't know anybody that puts their money in the bank and don't expect to get some interest. Right. Compounded or whatever. You expect right. to get something off your money, even if it is just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So in our relationships, if we're going to invest in a spouse right why not expect to get a return yes but you gotta invest in order to get the return That's come it. on somebody you, you gotta invest if you ain't investing the time you're not investing date nights you're not investing getting away you're not investing small weekends a weekend away in a hotel something, something. do yeah. something mm -hmm. but you can't expect a mighty return if you ain't putting in an investment yeah and, and the reason for that is everybody wants a get rich quick scheme Come on. We want to throw the ring on the finger and say, hey, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to come to us. No, uh -uh. you got to work at that thing. Right. You got to right. work at it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of leads into our thought of the week that okay. comes from Muslim marriage quotes. And it reads, invest in your marriage. Mm -hmm. We are so willing to spend money on houses, cars, our kids activities. But then we skimp on vacations alone with our spouse. Uh, we skimp on uh, sitters for date night and romantic gestures. But if we are willing to put in the money and time, the return will be amazing. Mm. And once again, that comes from Muslim marriage quotes. Well, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Marriage Mondays with the Kings was brought to you by our amazing sponsors. We have first up 
Christian humor for slash inspiration. This is a group designed to uplift, inspire, and bring humor to everyday life in a Christian way. If you're in the social media, please check them out simply by going to search them on Facebook at Christian humor for slash inspiration. Then we have hope, which is helping our patriots evolve. This is space for our veterans and their loved ones to come and feel like they're accepted and understood. Veterans around the globe suffer every day from a pain they cannot escape. Hope offers encouragement for those who are searching for a place to connect. Hope is not for mental health services. For that, you will have to find a supportive mental health resource within your community or at your local Veteran Health Administration. Then, are you looking to buy or sell a home? Prolific moves start here with Prolific Realty. Visit their website at prolificrealtors.com or call Alexis White at 254-702-5332. If you have any comments, marital topics, anything that you would like to be discussed or want to reach out to the Kings, please go to our website, marriagemondayswiththekings.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and we want to thank you so much for joining us. Be back with us next Monday because we have an amazing May in store at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as always, keep it locked right here on KRGN 98.5 FM, The The Rock. Rock.